Well, here we are, episode 10, still going from strength to strength, and in this show on Sunday, the 17th of July, that's today anyway, uh, well it's not today, because today's a, a different, another day that I'm recording it, but it's today if you're listening to it, unless you're listening to it after today, called, then it's another day, but that's another matter. Anyway, on today's show, we've got interviews with uh, three people from uh, the Peace Fate, it was held uh, uh, last week. On the um, ooh, was it last week? Was it was it the week before? Now depends which week I'm listening to it now, or depends which week I'm doing the talking. Third of July, yeah, it was the third of July. I was the the P fate over in Colds Hill. Motion to bump to a few people there, a couple of people organisers, and people who've been involved in it from the very beginning. Cause it's the thirtieth anniversary, and uh, one of the newest members, and also managed to grab a few words with Bruce Kent as well, who was. Uh, has been around for a long time, shall we say. You've been involved in the Peace Fate and C&D, etc. Also in today's show, we got an interview with Ian Clarkson, who's the chair of the University of Third Age, or the U3A, for the Farringdon District area. So you'll be able to uh, update us on what developments are and how you can get involved with the uh, U3A. First of all, we're going to start off with a piece of music. Uh, we're, she was on that show a couple of weeks, about a month or so ago. Been back into uh, Studio B, a founding radio, recorded some more songs and uh, did her very first live performance. Uh, well, again, the other week at um, the Mad Stage, the Music, Art, Dance and Drama Stage, the uh, Sam and Hillary Prince, Sam and Hillary Prince's stage around the Portal Cart Courtyard. This is before the Arts Festival, this is uh, the week or so before. So this is uh, Lucy Lou with a song of hers called Crashland 5050. Crashland, casinos, I'm already dead. When I feel this way, cause I'm sick inside, and I'm sick of this place. I get my words mixed up in there's things I can't pronounce And I didn't come with guidelines, you can work me out For yourself So you don't think you're passionate Fifty, fifty. So 
slightly longer song than she perhaps normally does Crashland 5050 you've got to find a link to a number of other songs she's got on us on the website SoundCloud um, and hopefully we'll be back in Studio B shortly recording some more tracks as well first of all let's go to our interview with Ian Clarkson who's the chair of the Farringdon Industry University Third Age the U3A I'm with Ian Clarkson who's the <laughs> chairman of the Farringdon Industry University of the Third Age or or uh, regularly known as the U3A. Is that the right That's terminology? Right. Yeah. U3A. U3A. Okay. Uh, the, the term university does put a minority of people off. Oh well. Okay. Uh, but so we go under U3A. U3A. That sounds good. Just interested, really, in just about um, what the U3A the U3E is all about. You know how people can join it. What what would what would people get out of it? Uh, and uh, I know we were just saying just before we started re- recording there about the age that people you attract or would would like to attract or and that sort of thing. I'm tra- okay. I'm interested in really. So basically, what is it? What is it about? What if you wanted to 
summarise it in a couple of sentences? What was U3A about? The main, the main objective of U3A is lifelong learning. In other words, we can help people of a certain age to stay mentally fit and physically fit sure. by keeping active. Not, not, not just physical activity, but mental activity as well. So U3A is about people carrying on their learning despite the fact that they are generally retired or part-time workers. Mm -hmm. um, it tends to be for people who have retired, although there is no age limit. It's, it's intended for people who are not in full-time work. You say no age limit, was that no age, no age restriction then as well? No, there's no age restriction. Right, okay. um, if we had a, a one of our monthly meetings that was particularly attractive to, let's say, a group of sixth formers who were studying a particular topic, then sure. they would be allowed to come along and, and attend the meeting. Mm. Um, if there was a particular interest group, mm. maybe one of the um, history groups was studying a certain period and, and they thought, well, we could get something from that, right, then see. in okay. theory they could join the U3A. Right. Okay. Um, but people who are in full-time work, then uh, they can't. I mean. One reason for that is that our meetings tend to be during the day anyway. Right, I see. So, okay. you know, if they're working, they can't get to the meetings. And where would you, for the Farron District, where would you generally have your meetings? Does we that vary? Have, or? It, it varies in that we have a, a range of activities. Our, our principal activity is a monthly meeting, which mm -hmm. we have in the Corner Exchange in Farrington on the second Thursday of every month, mm -hmm. where we have a visiting speaker um, and tea and biscuits and it's, it's uh, sort of it's an educational occasion but it's also a social occasion because mm -hmm. some of these people have made a lot of friends through the youth yes, and get together yes. and, and, and meet but we've also got more than 40 interest groups right okay which range from rambling groups to people who play Scrabble we've got six different bridge groups we've got science and technology we've got information technology we've got family history groups and some of those meet in church halls or mm. the bridge groups meet in the uh, Catholic Church Hall and the, the United Reformed Church. Um, other people run groups in their own home. I do a right. family history okay. group yeah. and people come here for it. Uh, okay. We use my computer and get online and look at, at things like that. So, so somebody wanted to, to join, what, what would the cost be and what would the implications be for somebody joining? Um, our costs are very straightforward. It's £15 a year, mm -hmm. um, and that gets them into the monthly meetings. There are no charges for joining the interest groups. There okay. may be ongoing costs. I mentioned the bridge meetings yes. taking part in, taking place in the, in the church halls. We have to pay the rent for those. Sure, so, so that comes from the people a, attend. There's a weekly charge for sure, those who yeah. attend. Um, but the £15 covers the monthly meeting. If there are two people and we've tried to be very PC about this, two people at the same address, mm. then they pay £27. Okay. Uh, the reasoning behind that is we, we have a, a, a newsletter that comes out once every two months. Right, okay. And every household gets a newsletter. So if there are two people, they only get one newsletter. Yeah, sure, so, so showing the cost a little bit. Yeah. Okay. And how long have you been in the U3 yourself then? I joined... Uh, Five years ago, um, I 
my wife and I retired, and one of the things we wanted to do was to learn to break bridge properly. Oh, right, that was your we went to, interest then. Yeah. Well, we went to Farringdon, we, we went on a short course at Marlborough, School, Marlborough College, joined Farringdon Bridge Club, and mm -hmm. our first night there, somebody said, if you're just starting bridge, you ought to go to Steve Braithwaite's classes at the U3A. Oh, right, yeah. And my reaction was, what's U3A? Because yeah, I knew yeah. absolutely nothing about it. Okay. Um, but we went along, we joined, went along to the, his meetings and, and I've got sucked in ever since. So, mm. um, and I, I've got to be honest, I think for my generation, mm. it's the most wonderful organisation. Yeah, um, yeah. I, Farringdon is, is particularly successful. I mean, I know I have to say that because I'm chairman. <laughs> um, we have over 400 members that's a lot that's a lot for a, um what would you call it a club association with a, with a club or an organization it's an organization an organization okay. um, we, we by the way it's still a lot for it, an organization well if, if i say that um i better name them otherwise i get in trouble for naming them but wantage yeah. u3a i mean what's wantage four times the size of Farron? yeah they have about 70 members oh right and whitney yeah have a very successful U3A, yeah. but again, they're bigger than Farrington and only have 250 members. So yeah. we're obviously doing something right. So what's your success, then, you think? What's I the think the fact that we have this large number of interest mm. groups, so we can, we can fairly honestly say that we have something for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the bottom line is, if somebody comes up and says, well, actually, you haven't got a group on such you know mm -hmm. I'd like I'd like to go to a group on such and such yeah if it doesn't exist then if they can show that there's going to be enough demand for it mm. we'll do our best to, to find somebody who will lead it I mean, the obscure examples or groups you've got or anything a little bit uh, you would you would perhaps you wouldn't have thought oh I never thought we'd get a group for that well I can give you two examples. We we have uh, a Latin group, oh, right, or Latin yeah. and ancient Greek group. Yeah. We have a cryptic crosswords group. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, and about a year ago, we had a a, a talk from an art historian. Mm -hmm. uh, very good, very challenging talk about aging pictures. You know, looking at mm. pictures that were similar but slightly different. How how could you? Um, use the differences to age the the the, the uh, pictures, and at the end of that, somebody came up to me and said, "We haven't got an art history group. Could we start one?" Mm. And I said, "Judging yeah. by the response to the talk, yeah. there would be sufficient demand." Um, and they said, "Well, what do we do about a leader? Because each group, in theory, has to have a leader." Sure. Um, and they said, "Well." I said, but do you want a leader or do you, you basically want a coordinator? Mm. Somebody to, to sort of organise when the meetings are going to be. How do you yeah. see the group working? And they went on to say they saw a group of people just getting together to discuss things, maybe somebody doing a, a lead-in type yeah. thing at the start yeah. of the meeting and then going to general discussion. I said, well, it sounds as though you don't need a leader. Mm. You need somebody to act as a... A facilitator. Oh, I see. Yeah, right. And yeah. that group's now been running for nine months very successfully. Oh, brilliant. That's wonderful. So if anybody else wants to find out about it, what's the best way of getting in touch with you or finding yeah, out the, a bit more? There is a website, mm -hmm. um, farringdonu3a.org.uk. Okay, right. 
Um, and on that, it, it's at the moment it's not very vibrant, shall we mm -hmm. say, as a website. But the, on there, there is the latest copy of our newsletter. Mm -hmm. And if people download that, it'll give them a picture of everything that goes on in the U3A because most of the group leaders put something in about what's happening over the next two months. Right, okay. Uh, what dates the meetings are, where they're going, etc., yeah. etc. Et oh, great. So they could okay. download that um, yeah. and. That'll um, give people a flavour. There is, there is something in all the monthly sure. media. You know, and contact details for yourself. Contact details for myself. Great. Um, okay. Are all in there. All right. Well, that's wonderful. Thanks very much for that. That's, I think that gives people a good, a good idea of what to expect and uh, hopefully we might be able to generate some more interest for you. Okay. Well, that would be great. Okay. Thank Thanks you very much. much. Thank okay. you. Well, that was Ian from uh, the University of Third Age, U3A, and their website again, if you do want to get in touch and find out a little bit more, would be uh, www.farringdonu3a.org.uk. And uh, obviously they're still looking for more members, although by the sounds of it, one of the most successful ones in this region. But they're also interested in new people who want to set up uh, groups within the U3A as well. So if you've got a particular interest you'd like to share with people and or get something off the ground, I'm sure Ian and uh, the team there would be very interested to hear from you. Uh, so to our second piece of music, uh, we have played uh, them before. It's uh, the Clochards, uh, uh, sort of. Uh, well, they're an Oxford group, an Oxford band, but they've got very much of a, a French feel to what they do. That's a bit of an understatement, really. And here's a song of theirs called Stone Angels. <laughs> Hello. 
Well, I was just trying to uh, do a bit of research there and find out if uh, La Clochard's got any gigs coming up. Uh, but I uh, went to the site and it uh, then takes you to their MySpace site. Well, there are no dates on there, unfortunately. Then within the site, he says, if you want more information, go to laclochards.com, go to that site, and it goes back to a site saying, more to come in due course, but instead, if you want to find out more, then go to our MySpace site. And there isn't much information there, which is a great shame. Um, but do keep an eye out for them. They uh, they do play quite regularly, I think, in and around the Oxford area. So uh, that was uh, La Clochards with a song of theirs called Stone Angels. Now, I said at the beginning of the show, I did go out to the Peace Fate on the 3rd of July, uh, uh, two weeks ago, uh, Dover at Coltel, which is their 30th anniversary of the Peace Fate in Farringdon. In fact, uh, a bit like U3A, a very successful organisation for this area. Um, uh, Swindon doesn't seem to have a peace group. So, uh, with a small town, we've seemed to be quite successful in some respects, organising in organisations. Something like that, anyway. So anyway, I managed to work, uh, have a few words with uh, three people down there. Uh, one of the probably most junior member, Pierre Sondergeld, who gave me a bit of a feeling what uh, what it means for her being a member of the local Farringdon Peace Group. And Phil Chesterton, who's been there, I think, almost at the very beginning, since 1982. So probably just almost at the brink of the beginning. If he's been going since uh, his 30 years, then... Uh, uh, so it's almost there. And uh, Bruce Kent, that came and did, uh, had a few words with everybody on the day, who was, uh, I think perhaps you all remember from the 80s, uh, very much in the forefront there, but uh, uh, with C&D and uh, what was happening down at Green and Peace Common, seems to be on the television uh, almost as much as Arthur Scargill, for different reasons, of course, but uh, on the television a lot. Um, but has been involved for many years before that as well, anyway. Uh, so we've got uh, Pierre, Peter and Bruce. Uh, three interviews all back-to-back from the Peace Fate. Okay, well, I'm uh, down here at the uh, Peace Group, uh, the 30th anniversary of the Peace Group here in Farringdon, at their uh, anniversary due down at the Coast Hill Clock House. And I'm with Pierre Sondergetz, I think I've almost got that pronounced that correctly. Those of you from Farringdon, listen to me, you know I don't always get names pronounced correctly. But Pierre, I believe you're one of the new, newest members of the Farringdon Peace Group. Uh, how long have you been in the Peace Group then? Only just a couple of years. Okay, and what does that mean to you? What does... What does it mean to belong to the Farringdon Peace Group? Well, to me, it's really um, being able to do something locally. You know, you always think, oh my God, there's so much crap happening in the world and I can't mm. do anything about it. But this means, you know, doing something locally, even if it's just going to the events. They put on a lot of events, talks, bringing speakers, sure. showing yeah. videos and things. And it's just, you know, getting to know things that are going on in the world and feeling that you're part of something and bringing some little change on a local level. Well, what are the overall aspirations of the Peace Group? What is it out to achieve, do you think? I think mainly providing information. Mm-hmm. And But they also organise local campaigns. So if there is a demonstration somewhere or a march, they would offer to take you there. You know, you, sure. can, you can take part. Okay. You can then really feel you're part of something. But part of what? Well, you, obviously the word peace, it's, mm. it, so it's a, mm. is it an anti-war group, is it? Or what? how would you describe, where, where does that fit in, in terms of, um, I mean, is this a, a, a historical development from a campaign for nuclear disarmament, is it, from years gone by? Or is this something different to that? To be honest, I wouldn't be able to say. Okay, you need to that's speak fine. To one of the older members, sure, yeah. or the found, not older, founding But to you, members. what does it mean? Me, what was, me it, was it out to achieve? To me, it is more looking at solving conflicts in a non, you know, um, in a non-confrontational way. Sure. Okay. You know, not, not, you know, I'm not saying that 
all conflicts can be avoided, but you know, mm. there's always options and alternatives. Okay. That, and what, what activities actually take place here in Farringdon? You mentioned there are meetings and, and uh, talks and, and right, whatever. Right. What does it actually consist of? Who, who come and does, who does what? Sure. So there's a monthly meeting that mm -hmm. takes place in the Friends Meeting House in Farringdon. Oh, on Lechley Road. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And um, they're free, open to anyone. Okay. And usually there's an invited speaker. So last month there was the lady from CND, the General Secretary from CND right, came okay. to speak. And then, um, or there's some... Um, people from another peace group come and they talk about campaigns they've been doing so there's quite strong links with the Oxford peace group mm -hmm. um, and Abingdon peace group also sometimes there's a video that's shown or we then the main thing of the year is this peace fate right okay well thanks very much for that I appreciate your time there thank, thank you. you okay I'm, I'm here with uh, Phil Chesterton now who's one of the founding members of the Farringdon Peace Group, who's uh, well, originally started out interested uh, the support of CND, but uh, was right at the beginning of the Farringdon Peace Group in 1982, I believe. Is it that far back, 1982? <laughs> yes, I was a young man then. <laughs> <laughs> and so, how did it get? How did you begin to start it here in Farringdon? Well, I, I mustn't take credit for the starting it. It was my wife and uh, another member of the village of Shellingford, where we live, called Gail Norton, who. Um, met up they were taking the children to school on that day and uh, the news had come through that cruise missiles were, were coming to Oxfordshire mm -hmm. and uh, they thought they'd better do something about it. That thought was thought to be up at Hayford at the time wasn't it? That's right. Yeah but the end went to Greenham Common didn't they? They did Yeah, and we so, were active at Greenham Common. Right. Oh you were down there so you were right down to the, the camps and... My, and um, you could say Jenny Chesterton was a Greenham woman. Oh, right, yeah. Though okay. she didn't live there permanently. No, sure, okay. Uh, but we certainly uh, helped uh, support the, the women. So what do you say is the aims of the, 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 the peace group now? How's it, what, what's, if someone's joining the peace group in Farringdon, what would they be expected to be seeing and participating in? Well, it's entirely voluntary and people give what they can to the peace group. This afternoon, for example, we've got... Um, probably 50 people who um, come to the peace fate for various reasons and um, hope, hopefully they, they support the peace movement, although we don't necessarily see them for much mm. of the year, but we, we do have these monthly meetings sure. in the Quaker meeting house. Yeah, Pete was just talking about that yeah. before, that's right. Yeah. But what do you say, is it, what, was you, what were you trying to achieve? How, how would you summarise... <laughs> The, the achievements of what was, you know, well, over a, a 10, 15 year period, what would you like to see is different than perhaps is now in the world? Well, altruistically, you know, a, a world without war, but um, maybe that's uh, stupid. And uh, But, you know, people can make a difference. Mm -hmm. um, saw that in the Middle East, in Libya, and. Uh, yeah, things are definitely changing over yes, there at the moment, aren't yes, they? Yeah, it's quite exciting. Definitely. Yeah, very positive uh, activity too going on. Keen on the um, NATO intervention in uh, Libya, we we think that's escalating into a full-blown war. But what you think should be just left to their own devices and just sort well, it out themselves? You mean? <laughs> it's a difficult one that, and I don't know the facts, but uh, I wonder if that might have been a better solution. Although Gaddafi did did a, a threaten, didn't he, to assassinate? annihilate the uh, citizens in that town mm. 
massage. Yeah, it's not an easy situation, is it? No, really? no. no. But these are the sort of things you, you discuss at your meetings, then, are they? These well, people yes, come forward and put one, them forward as ideas for discussion? or One of the um, main features of the, the group, the reason why it's um, existed for 30 years rather than it sort of come and went like so many. Mm. I mean, you think of a town like Swindon. Sure. They've, I think they've got to stop the war, but um, for a big city like that, really. There's no peace group or not, not, with, no. not that it's visible, anyway. No. Um, so what were you saying? That's <laughs> okay. Well, I was just, just trying to get. Age, yeah. That's why I'm just trying to get a feel for different it's, things. Um, it's it's a, the, the stupid idea, if you like, of having a world without peace. Right. Wouldn't okay. that be great? It would. It would. Sorry, be well, without war. Yeah, well, I know. I know yeah, what you meant. Yeah. I know what you meant. Well, thanks very much for that. I appreciate right. that. So, I appreciate your time anyway. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Okay, I'm. I'm, I'm still down here at the Peace Fate, and I'm chatting here to uh, Bruce Kent, who's. Uh, been a, at the forefront and the mainstay of the peace group and, and C&D as we know for, for for a number of decades now perhaps more decades than we should remember should say but and for for a long time should we say should we say <laughs> so, so Bruce he said uh, just heard your uh, fine words there uh, sort of uh, uh, your, your speech to the to the audience but I'm just interested in the bigger picture about what do you think the peace movement is about and what does it mean to people now here in 2011 well I think it simply means that in the one world we've got with our seven billion people more or less we're perfectly able of living in reasonable peace of respecting each other and of settling our problems without killing each other perfectly possible we do it all the time I'm sure in Farringdon we do it in North London where I come from uh, but there seems to be a kind of mental block about doing it in areas bigger than nation states and the peace movement is to say don't waste all this money on war 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 a trillion and a quarter dollars a year now spend it on what people really need and live together in a non-violent way well, what practical measures do you think people you know, who'd be a member of like a, a small well, not too small, find in peace group. How would they? How do you see somebody joining a peace group like this, sort no, listen, of contributing do, to it? Everybody can do different things. So this country is about to spend £70 billion on more nuclear weapons. Why? Have you raised your voice with your MP or with your vicar or with the local mayor? or Have you started to make a fuss about that? We're hearing cuts. We had a pension rally the other day mm. all about cuts, and yet we can afford £70 billion on Trident. It's nonsense and going in completely the wrong direction. That's one issue that we could be actually concerned about. About. I mentioned there the Libyan war and I, I said that we have it in one way because no one's ever read the United Nations Charter. You could get yourself the United mm -hmm. Nations Charter and read it and if you read the Charter you'd see that there has to be a complete exploration of every non-violent way of settling a dispute before anybody has got entitlement to call war. And, uh, and so you could get the Charter and start thinking about it, write to the local paper. Well the impact, so the impact there for example on the I don't know, it's a civil war effectively at the moment, isn't it? With with NATO and other people, the states getting involved. You're saying at this stage maybe we shouldn't or those countries shouldn't be that actively involved and maybe should just leave it to Libya themselves to resolve, but I we or the others get involved. I don't think we have any business. I mean, there are about 20 civil wars going on in the world mm. today. About 20. Have we got to take a side in every one? It's mm. ridiculous. And we should actually be looking before civil wars break out to see how we can help non-violent solutions. Mm -hmm. We were selling weapons to Libya up till January, February of this year. It was our customer, you know. Yeah. We seem to get caught so, out with that one, well, don't we? Absolutely. We so that's why it's so ridiculous out. that we ought to be taking quite different steps to, to yeah. find out where there are tensions and doing something about it. How did you feel confident about them? I mean, what do you see 10 years' time? Well, what do you see, see things happening? I mean, obviously, with different countries coming you know, come to the forefront, like 
China and, and India becoming economically more important. Do you see that having a, an impact on, well, I on do. these sorts of situations? I do. We're, clearly, China is going to be the number one economic power, uh, probably before I go, um, in the next 10 or 15 years. And, and I think that will have a big effect. And China, I must say, in the world of weapons, has always been the smallest spender. Mm. It's always been reluctant about nuclear weapons. It's the only nuclear power that's prepared to negotiate abolition. I think we should be congratulating the Chinese on some of the things they do mm. and start thinking in that direction. We, we've got to stop being the 51st state of the United States sure. of America. We've got to be independent for peace. But do, do you feel confident about the future, say in the next 10 years? Or do you think, oh, I don't know, it's going to just as bad or get worse or six, uh, take 20 years? I don't know. I'm an optimist always and I'm also a Christian and I actually don't believe God intended to blow the world up but I, there's always the possibility of a catastrophic accident with nuclear mm. weapons and you get one of those and there's no second choice and I'm afraid with 27,000 nuclear weapons in the world it's always a possibility and we've had so many accidents people don't know about. In fact that's another area for research. Find out about the accidents and publicise them mm. um, that, because people don't know. Have there been many in this country that, that you're aware of that we don't? Yes, they've been. Uh, oh yes, in this country we had uh, we had a well we had a blow up at Sellafield, didn't we? That was a nuclear power station. Mm. But up at Faz Lane, <laughs> a, a crane driver dropped a nuclear warhead onto the dockside. Well, this is back in the 60s or 70s. Mm. Or uh, it wouldn't have caused an explosion, but it could have put radioactivity all over Glasgow. Sure. But we well, don't talk yes. about any of those things. We had not far from here a vehicle carrying warheads turned over in Wiltshire um, uh, on an icy road and fell off. Uh, it wasn't an explosion. But I hope we collected it... them all up again. Didn't we didn't leave any behind. <laughs> I bloody well hope, well, so. No. I okay. hope so. Well, thanks very much for your time anyway. And I really right. appreciate a few words there. Pleasure. Thank okay. you. Righto. Bye-bye now. Cheers. Well, I think you can see or hear, should we say, still a lot of, uh, still a lot of passion there from Bruce and uh, other supporters there, Pierre and Peter at the uh, Coast Hill Peace Fate. Uh, hope we'll be going there uh, for another 30 years. Oh, did we hope we go going? Hope there's no need for them to keep going. Maybe that's what we should be hoping for, really. I don't know. Anyway, we're just going to come on to our last piece of music now. And this actually takes us back to our very first show all of 10 shows ago. Which is actually 20 weeks ago, really, because we're on every two weeks. So we have been going a while now. Uh, we had the Brickwork Lizards, and uh, they were on our very first show. In fact, I interviewed them, so if you are interested, and that show is available to be uh, downloaded as well, as all our other previous shows are, if you go back into page two of the, uh, the first page of our website, and then, and then click onto page two, so the second show of our website, and you can, uh, there's a link there, well not a link, but there's a description of what all the other shows are about, but uh, you just go back into the main link into the uh, Jellycast pod site and it links down to which show you want to listen to. And there'll be a first show interview with a couple of members from Brickwork Lizards. Lizards? Oh, I get all my words out. But I'm trying really hard. Strong C. Um, and this is a song of theirs called, oh, what's it called now? Uh, it's here down somewhere. I've written it down. Tries to be organised. Uh, when She Whispers. So, hope you enjoy this and we'll uh, see you in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks very much. When she whispers, she cares. All those loves and nights disappear without a trace. When 
I see the smile on her face All those lonesome nights All those lonesome nights Disappear Smiling at me I feel her warmth around me So happy and free yeah, I never felt so happy When she's smiling at me I feel her warmth around me So happy and free When I Like the sun is shining at me. Take it away, man. I scream for the memories of old. The gramophone in the background stirred my soul. Yes, I clocked her as she was sat at the bar. A glance from afar, wondering who you are. I put my nerves to rest and spit jazzmatic jargon. So far, Papa tastes like an old man starving. Yeah, we're both fashioned melodies. Perhaps I feel a song with his cherry smell of smoke rings that be stemming from this bong. I don't sip the spritz. I finish all the Guinness. I may have 99 problems, but I'm making three wishes. Lady love, fill me now, not now, please. Because I never felt so happy when my baby's smiling at me. Like the sun is shining at me Shining